listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering at Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope that this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Uh, Today, as we're in Proverbs, we're going to talk about boundaries. Talk about boundaries. Uh, I think when we hear that word, uh, a lot of us, we think kind of more of a negative connotation. But boundaries often are, are a really good thing. So think about your fireplace, the fact that there are boundaries for your fireplace at your house, that's a good thing, right? Otherwise, your house burns down, that's not a good thing. Boundaries are good. Um, boundaries allow you to have a swimming pool. Maybe you, you, you or some friends or your neighborhood has a swimming pool. The fact that there are boundaries allows there to be a pool. Otherwise, you just have a big muddy puddle uh, in the grass, right? So those are good things. Um, when you're driving, boundaries are good. Some people need to pay attention to the boundaries a little more carefully, right? But, but boundaries are a good thing. So think about boundaries. What is a boundary? I think a, a simple definition it is, is this. It is a limit with a purpose, a limit with a purpose. So boundaries, just for boundaries' sake, like that, I don't know if that's really helpful, but there's purpose. And often, boundaries, the purpose is either to protect or to make progress. So even I would say like <clears throat> the, the boundary of Sabbath, the boundary of the, the idea that you have limits, that you need to set limits and have days of rest, those actually help you do better. Like this seems a little silly maybe, but like, the, the business world looks at Chick-fil-A's, Chick-fil-A's model, which, man, Sunday, I know already you're hungry for it, and it's sad because it's closed. But they look at Chick-fil-A's model and say, this shouldn't work. There's a whole day they're getting behind. But actually, that day of rest, that day off, like Chick-fil-A destroys the competition, right? Amen. <laughs> Boundaries can be a good thing. So progress, help you get better, or, or just protection. Again, like I think a simple example of, of driving, again, those boundaries help protect you. So brown, boundaries can be, and often are, a good thing. Did you know that there are people in the world that require boundaries? There are people that you maybe work with, go to school with, uh, Maybe even like a little crazy here, I know, but maybe even family members that require some boundaries. And, like, and just to be clear, not just that like, oh, it's an okay idea that, that the Bible actually tells you it's appropriate to have some boundaries with these people. I, I think we often just assume like, love everybody. And that's true. But the Bible actually, in reality, teaches us that it's good to have some boundaries with, with some people. Now, if, if, as we're looking at the book of Proverbs, we could pick out so many different people to talk about boundaries, boundaries with, but I, I've tried to kind of limit today's uh, sermon to, to people that it's a little bit more explicit with. So again, as, as you're reading through Proverbs, so many examples as you read and go, man, that's the person I don't want to be, or maybe I should also not be around, but I'm limiting it to just maybe some more, a little bit explicit examples of, of boundaries. And a couple of just things before we get into the text uh, I want to um, unpack, excuse me. <clears throat> so as we, as we look at these four different ones, I'm going to use the word toxic with all of these definitions of people we should be careful about. 
And I'll explain that. Toxic, um, they're dangerous. They're, they're poisonous. They're, they're, if you get near them in their proximity, like it's going to be a danger, harm to you. So part of that thinking about people, if they're toxic, it's repeated behavior, right? It's, it's over and over again, they, they live out this pattern of behavior. And, and two thoughts on toxic. First of all, a friend here at work, Katrina Ballantyne, brought this up this week. That was a good point. We probably, in our culture, overuse the word toxic a little bit, like especially on social media. It's like what we're not talking about here, we're not like, yeah, my mother-in-law, she gave my kids real dairy milk instead of almond milk. She's just kind of toxic. Like, we're not talking about that kind of stuff, right? That's, that's a joke. Please don't say things like that. It's ridiculous, right? That's, that's not what it means to be toxic. Just because someone votes differently than you doesn't make them a toxic person, right? Like, you may disagree with them, but it doesn't mean you have to cut them out of your life. Like, no, they just disagree with you a little bit. So let's, let's not overuse that word there. The second thing I would say about toxic is, let me put my phone down to disturb, sorry, or my watch. I always remember, but not today. Levi, don't start prank texting me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There we go. Um, the second thing I was going to say about, about toxic is re- remember this. This should not be a hard concept, but I think this is super important to remember before we dive in here and like get this finger going. Every single one of us struggle with sin. Every single one of us struggle. All of us are sinners. So this is not that we're looking at like, a, a, a friend says a video recently of, of like a three-year-old little girl and she was saying, telling her mama, she was trying to explain that she knew about people. She said, I'm good and y'all are sinners. <laughs> I'm good and y'all are sinners. Like, let's, let's, let the mom was like, I got some work to do, right? Like, that, that's not what we're going for here. They're like, yeah, we're good. We have it together and other people are toxic. No, all of us struggle with sin. All of us are in desperate need of the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Like that's, that's why we come and, and, and sing and why the songs that we sing have worth, have value and stir our hearts for Jesus is because we recognize, if you're a Christian, you recognize that we are broken, sinful people in need of the perfect, forgiving, hope-filled love of Jesus Christ. Like that's who we are. Jesus spent so much time with sinners, people like you and me, that the elite Christians, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were like, Jesus, what are you doing hanging out with all those sinful people? And he says, hey, I come not for the righteous, but for the sinners. It's not the well, the healthy who need a doctor. It's the who? It's the sick who need a doctor. And FYI, it's the whole world that needs a doctor, right? That's why Jesus came. So the point is not out of this to make a holy, spiritual, righteous country club for the elite Christians, and we don't hang out with certain people. No, it's that we're going to show the love of Christ to everyone while also recognizing there are some people that God actually tells us, hey, it's wise, it's good, it's appropriate for you to put up a boundary there. Y'all tracking? Okay. That said, let's jump into our first one, Proverbs 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, verse 20. 
says, the one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. All right, here's our first toxic person we're going to see. Here it is. Toxic fools require boundaries. It's the first point. Toxic fools require boundaries. What, what is a fool? I think like we, we say that, where are you fool? But uh, what does that mean? A fool, when, when the Bible calls someone a fool, the emphasis is on, uh, sorry for using this word, but I don't know a different way to describe it. The emphasis is on the stupidity of sin. Like that is just, it's nonsense. So the word sin kind of emphasizes this re- the rebellion against God, the evil of, of not doing what God calls us to do. And the word fool would still like, would kind of align with the idea of sinfulness. But again, the emphasis is on that it's just stupid to sin. Like it, it, there's, it's not wise to rebel against God. So in, in biblical terms, the fool often ignores the truth of God or suppresses it, like trying to keep a, a beach ball underwater in the pool. Like you're always like, yeah, that's not real. That's not coming up. They're trying to suppress God's truth, to act like it, it doesn't actually have a bearing on their life. And the book of Proverbs, really all of scripture teaches us that that's, that's a foolish way to live trying to ignore the reality of God, that he exists and that he's designed the world and we function best when we follow him. That's foolish to ignore him, to suppress it. So with that in mind, it says the one who walks with the wise will become wise. So when you walk with wise people, who, people who respond to God's truth, to, to, who live in light of the reality of the way God has made the world, when you do that, when you're when you run with those people, metaphorically or literally, I guess, but you spend time with them, you do life with them, you're going to become wise. Like you are who, you, who your friends are. But notice in the, in the second part of the verse, he escalates what happens. So he kind of ups the ante. So he doesn't just say, but a companion of fools will become a fool. Look at what he says. He, he ups the intensity. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. Do you see how that's ex- escalated a little bit? So it's, if you walk with the wise, you're going to become wise. If you walk with a fool, not only are you going to become foolish, you're going to suffer harm. Like it's going to be bad for you. It's going to be dangerous, whether it be physical or emotional or spiritual detriment, you are going to suffer harm. So toxic fools require boundaries. Don't, don't be a companion. It doesn't mean you can't ever have a conversation with someone who's acting a fool. Little John, old song, act a fool. Anybody? Charlie Garner? No? Okay. <laughs> Doesn't mean you can't have a conversation with someone who's acting a fool, but you don't do life with them. You don't make them your best friend. Um, Bear Reinhardt has a song, Need to Breathe, and he says, bad decisions, they don't feel bad at the time. That's true, isn't it? Like, that's why people do foolish things. Because in the moment, it feels pretty good. But not so good later. It's like my buddy going through uh, Freddy's and getting two large combo meals, two fries, two sodas. In the moment, he's like, this is great. And an hour later, he's calling me like, my stomach hurts. Like, yeah, buddy. It's not, it's not wise. See, the fool says, ah, like, I'm, I'm gonna sleep around, it's no big deal. Sure, it's gonna be fun for a moment, but it's gonna wreak havoc on your spiritual life, 
on your emotional life and even on your physical life. I'm going to spend money like there's no tomorrow, like, like, like God doesn't care how I spend my money. I'm just going to do with it what I want to do with it. That's fun for a moment. Like, it, it can be fun to spend money. Like, anybody do therapy shopping in here, right? <laughs> fun at the moment. But in the end, it's a stupid way to live. It's a foolish way to live. I mean, I'm, I'm going to cheat on these tests. I'm, I'm going to lie at work and just act like everything's good when actually the project I'm working on is struggling in. It's a foolish way to live. Feels good in the moment, but you're living for today and not even giving thought for tomorrow. Toxic fools require boundaries. They're dangerous. You don't have to turn there, but over in uh, chapter 17, verse 12, Solomon says, it's better to meet a mama bear robbed of her cubs than to meet a fool in his folly. Like, I don't know if you know, it's a mama bear robbed of her cubs, you don't mess with it, right? You run away from her. <laughs> like that's why we, the term mama bear is a thing, right? Because the mama bear will tear you up. He says, you're gonna be better off, you're gonna be less in danger spending time with a mama bear robbed of her cubs than being a companion walking with a fool. It's dangerous. They require boundaries. You know, a, a toxic fool, I think, is, is um, maybe a little easier to, to see or, or uh, to notice because they say outlandish things and their, their activities are always a little crazy, right? Because they're just living amok, or meaning like running amok, they're living wild. This next one, I feel like, is maybe not so easy to see. And they're even kind of fun to be around if you're not careful. Turn to Proverbs uh, 20, verse 19. Chapter 20, verse 19. says, the one who reveals secrets is a constant gossip. Avoid someone with a big mouth. <laughs> Here's the second truth. Toxic gossips require boundaries. Toxic gossips require boundaries. He says, the one who reveals secrets is a constant gossip. Notice he doesn't say they're just spreading false information, so they lie a lot. They're not telling the truth, so you should, you should avoid them. No, he's not saying that. Even if it's the truth, if they're always sharing things that don't need to be shared, you should avoid them, he says. Hey, you recognize, just because something is the truth doesn't mean everyone needs to know about it. Like, the gospel truth, that is the truth everyone needs to know about. But there are some truths that, that, that the world, that you don't have to put on social media, right? Or blast to all your friends. Just because you should, or sorry, just because you could say something doesn't mean you should say something, right? Well, technically, I'm not lying. Like, technically, this is true. Doesn't mean it should be shared. He says, avoid someone with a big mouth who, who they, they just can't quit talking about all the insider information, right? Do you know people like that? <laughs> this one, I feel like some of us, the, the tension we're in the room is some of us feel like, man, is this me? I don't know. You know, th this person, the, the toxic gossip, 
they, just as some examples, they're going to be prone to always, they've got to have this separate text thread, right? Like, there's the group, whether it's work or family, there's the, the big group, but then, because they want to talk about what's going on with everybody else, then they've got this separate text thread, right? Or they're always pulling you into their office or into, uh, into a separate room to have a, a closed-door conversation. And they might start off a lot of conversations with things like, hey, I don't know if you heard, but... Or in church circles, it's like this. Hey, look, bless their heart. I'm just sharing this because we need to be praying for them. But did you know? And then, yeah, but like I said, just, just be praying for them. <laughs> and they run down the hallway. Hey, hey, another prayer request. But, but did you hear? Say, avoid those people. What, what, what is dangerous about toxic gossip? One, like just, I feel like most, most folks know this, but in case you're not aware, if someone's always gossiping to you about other people, you can be confident they're gossiping to other people about you. That's a reality. Like, don't think that you, you get a get out of jail free card, like you get a pass, like, no. People who love to gossip, they just love to gossip and they're not gonna put, they're not gonna put boundaries on who they gossip about. So one is dangerous because they're gonna be sharing your secrets. That's actually more explicitly to the sex. The text, excuse me, not sex, is the one who reveals secrets is a constant gossip. So the, the, the warning there is, hey, they're gonna reveal your secrets. Beware of somebody like that. Avoid someone with a big mouth. I think it's interesting. Just, I'm just kind of like chewing on the text here. I know it's not in this verse, but just chewing on it a little bit. I think often, not with everybody, but I think often gossip is a way for people to control or manipulate, right? Because they can control the narrative. They're the ones who have all the information, so you feel like you have to run your ideas by them because they know it all. Or they're going to talk down to other people so they can lift themselves up in the conversation. It's dangerous to be around. And, and people who love to gossip, they, they love drama, right? That, that's what it is. Again, you don't have to turn there, but just kind of like trying to have some imagery uh, with these Proverbs. In, uh, in, I'm going to read it for you. It's 2620. says, without wood, fire goes out. And without a gossip, conflict dies down. It's a good picture, isn't it? Yeah, if you, you, you know, summertime, you're in s'mores in the backyard or whatever, and you got the fireplace outside, you, when you quit throwing wood on, quit stoking it, it'll eventually die out, right? That's what happens. Gossips, they just keep throwing on the wood, right? Hey, no, it's plenty hot. It's plenty, plenty big. Throw it on more wood, right? Just keep going. Let's stir it up a little bit. You're, they're going to burn everything around you down because they won't shut their mouths. Solomon's saying, watch out for that person. And hey, just like, I don't, I need to be careful here not to just chase a rabbit, but like, man, in the church, y'all, I don't know if there's anything more disunifying, which, man, the New Testament is so big on the church being in unity. I don't know if there's anything more disunifying than us talking about each other. And man, God forbid, forbid that we have this attitude of like, yeah, like that was good, but let me point out some negative things going on in the church. 
It's not healthy, y'all. It's not good. Bottom line, avoid those people. They're going to start that conversation? Like, you can just slowly back away, right? You don't have to be a jerk about it. Hey, if we're going to text about this, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that. Like, you can, you, you can remove yourself from a group in a text. Like, somebody like, what? <laughs> you can do that. You can block it. Avoid people or toxic gossips. You know, speaking of, of, of drama and conflict, let's look at um, the third one. Turn to chapter 22, so it should be just a little bit over. Chapter 22, uh, verse 24. It says, don't make friends with an angry person and don't be a companion of a hot-tempered one, or you will learn his ways and entangle yourself, excuse me, yourself in a snare. Here's the third one. Toxic hotheads require boundaries. Toxic hotheads. Angry, frustrated all the time. He says, don't, don't be a friend. So again, it doesn't mean you can't ever say hello to this person, but don't make friends. Don't be a companion of the angry person, of the hot-tempered one. Listen, the kind of person he has in mind here is the person who everything riles them up. Everything is a fight. Everything is a battle. Everyone is out to get them. Don't, don't be a friend of that person. You know, just, just for clarity, there is such a thing as righteous anger. Like, it's, it is appropriate to get angry about some things occasionally. Like, just, uh, yeah, that's a little side sermon for folks. Like, if nothing ever fires you up, you might should check your heart out there a little bit, right? Like, it's good to get fired up sometimes. But there's a difference in righteous anger and regular repeated anger, right? Like, Jesus had righteous anger in the temple, but Jesus didn't walk around just angry. Like, his companions described described him, described Jesus as anointed with the oil of gladness, the oil of joy. Like meaning, he's a happy guy. He has joy. He's overflowing with life and love and laughter. <laughs> joy. Righteous anger is different than regular anger. You know, I think that these people are hot-headed, angry. They're not always the person with rage, but this is the person who always, always uh, has a negative bend. So, so everything turns negative. Everything is a frustration. Avoid that person. Don't make friends with them. If you're not sure if this person is in your life, it's the person who every time you go around them, you're kind of walking on eggshells and you're, and you're not sure which person you're going to get that day. They're, they're critical of everything that goes on. And they're controlling. It's their way or the highway. Like you, you, can, you can do things my way, which is the right way, or your way, which is the foolish way, is what they would say. Avoid, put up boundaries with the angry, angry person. What, why? Why is that dangerous? One, it's just obvious. Like when you're around a hot-headed person, you're gonna get brought into some conflict and they're gonna, they're gonna bring harm to your life. But, but look at what he says. He gives us something very specific says, don't make friends with an angry person. Don't be a companion of a hot-tempered one, or you will learn his ways 
and entangle yourself, yourself sorry, in a snare. What's he saying? You become a friend. It kind of goes back to what we learned in the first one. Like, you, you become who your, your friends are. You hang out with a hot-headed, angry person, you're going to learn his or hers ways. You're going to become like them. And what happens when you do that? You entangle yourself in a snare. You know, I was thinking about that, like the image there. Well, here's what's sad. Like, I really think the word is sad. What's sad about it is the, the hot, tempered, angry person, they're wanting to control everything and everything go their way. And all they experience is loss of control, loss of, loss of friends and loss of influence. Because when you're angry all the time, people aren't going to want to be around you. And when you're angry all the time and kind of hot-headed, the reality is you begin to burn up everything around you. So by trying to control everything in their way or the highway, they actually just lose control. So he's again warning like why it's dangerous to hang out with them is because one, they're detriment to themselves and other people, and you're going to learn their ways. If you don't want to lose your friendships and burn up all the influence you have, don't hang out with hot-headed people. Put, put up some boundaries. So, so far we've got three. Toxic, I'm drawing a blank. Thank you, fools. <laughs> Require boundaries. Toxic gossips, toxic hotheads, and one more. Turn over to 2612, chapter 26, verse 12. It says, do you see a person who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Here's number four. Toxic know-it-alls require boundaries. Toxic know-it-alls require boundaries. What's a, what's a know-it-all? It's the person who, as it says in the text, they're wise in their own eyes. They think they have it all figured out. Toxic know-it-alls, every time you have a story or an insight, a piece of information, they always have a way to one-up you, right? Like, well, that's an interesting piece of information, Brandon, but let me actually enlighten you on that topic, right? Like, they, they have it all figured out, so they don't, they don't, they feel like, at least, it's not reality. They feel like they don't need any advice, any counsel. They don't need to hear your opinion because the, the buck stops with them. They, they, they know best. You know what's scary about that is? If you go back to the beginning of Proverbs, Solomon tells us that the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of God. Recognizing that I'm small and, in, and, and insignificant and don't know much and that God is big and all-powerful and famous and knows everything and I'm dependent on him. So, that is why Solomon can say, there's more hope for a fool, which we know fools don't have much hope. There's more hope for a fool than for someone who's a know-it-all. Like, you thought it was dangerous to be around a fool. It's even more dangerous to be around someone who just walks with pride and arrogance and thinks they have it all figured out. Why would you attach to someone who has less hope than a fool? I think that, like, looking at some of our students, that can start young. Like, there are people in middle school and high school who think they have life figured out. Every generation, every stage of life, you're going to encounter people 
who feel like they've got life, got it pegged, man, dominating, got it all figured out, no, no, no room to grow, really. Tell me about a weakness in your life. I care too much. <laughs> Not much hope for them. Makes me think about, um, again, for a picture, you don't have to turn there, but Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride comes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. So here's, here's the picture there. People who are wise in their own eyes, who are know-it-alls, they feel like they're in line for the success roller coaster, right? Like, man, this is where I'm at. I, I, I can't wait to get on. I'm, on. I'm getting on this journey. I'm on this ride because, man, I've got life figured out. And it's going to be a great ride. But they don't realize that in reality, they're standing in line for the free fall to destruction ride. Like, it's not going to go well. Probably one of the easiest and fastest ways to destroy your life is to think that you have life figured out. There's more hope for a fool than someone who's wise in their own eyes. So, in summary, again, you can see a lot more, but four is for today. Toxic fools require boundaries. Toxic gossips require boundaries. Toxic hotheads require boundaries. And toxic know-it-alls require boundaries. I don't want to quite stop there. I think if we did, it'd be easy to be like, yeah, watch out for those people and be a little too abrasive with it. I had a friend who, when he was in middle school, uh, had a buddy come up to him one day at school and said, hey, Robbie, every year, uh, my parents have told me it's better to have like some, a lot of, or excuse, a few close, really good friends than a lot of friends. This, this is a true story, by the way. So he said, every year, I put all my friends' names in a hat and whose ever name I draw, like, I'm not going to be their friend anymore. So he told Robbie, like, they're in like sixth or seventh grade. He said, Robbie, I drew your name this year, and you're dead to me. <laughs> like, like, true story. I think Robbie's still slightly scarred from that. Um, that's not what we're going for here. We're not going for like, hey, you're a hothead, so you're dead to me. Like, like it's not what we're going for. So a, a couple of things of application about what it means to actually set up boundaries that I want to give you really fast and we'll be done. First of all is this. This is not in your notes, but you got this. Number one, recognize there are different levels of boundaries. There are different levels of boundaries. Different levels of boundaries. So for some people, you realize, man, they're, they're toxic gossip. Maybe it just means, you know what? Like, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna hang out with them at school um, or at work, but I'm not gonna talk to them outside of work or school. Maybe like if, if it's really a problem, maybe you up it, you take it up a notch, and it's, you know what? I'm just not gonna talk to this person at all. Like, Every time I'm around them, they're blowing up or they, they think they have life figured out and they're making a mess of things because they won't listen to anybody. Like, you know, I, I just, I can't be around them at all. There's different levels. And part of wisdom is knowing how to apply wisdom to different situations. So don't run out of here and like tell people you're, they're dead to you. Like, no, have some wisdom. And what level of boundary do you need to set? And the reality is you may set one boundary and if they keep crossing that boundary, what do you do? You make a harder boundary, right? You set a, a more, maybe a more clear boundary. Leads you to my second thing. The closer you are to a person, the more clear you should be with that person. 
The closer you are to a person, the more clear you should be with that person. What I mean by that is, and I think this is really important, the closer you are, the more clear you should be. If you just have someone you work with that you don't know really well, you're not really tight, you don't spend a lot of time with them, I don't know that it requires you to have a conversation with them. Hey, look, Bob, I know we never talk, but I want you to know I'm setting a boundary with you. <laughs> like, that's, that's weird and unnecessary, right? Just, just make a mental note. Maybe talk with your spouse, talk with your friend, talk with your parents. Hey, I think I'm going to quit hanging out with them. I'm going to quit inviting them to come over to the house after school because this just seems unhealthy. Like, meaning like, we had four or five friends coming over, but I'm not real close to them anyways. I'm just not going to invite them. That would be okay. But the closer you are to them, you can be Christ-like in having a conversation with them, right? If you've got a really close friend and all of a sudden you just cut them off, you quit, you, you quit responding to their text or whatever it may be, that's just gonna provide, that's just gonna cause hurt and division and confusion. And, and I would say like, not show the love of Christ very well. The closer you are, the more clear you need to be in, in explaining what's going on and, and even why you're maybe setting a boundary. Like, you can do that in Christ-like love. That's loving people with grace and truth. Closer you are, the more clear you need to be. The third thing I want to say about this, about kind of applying what, uh, the boundaries, is this. You can set a boundary and still believe God works wonders. You can set a boundary and still believe God works wonders. I, th- I think... One, one reason we're, we're hesitant to set boundaries is because we, we feel like once we do that, well, there's just no hope for them. Y'all, God has got this under control. <laughs> like he wants to use us, but someone's salvation or someone's growth in Christ is not solely dependent on you being their best friend all the time. Does that make sense? Like, we want to encourage relational evangelism, relational discipleship, getting close to people, absolutely. But just because you say, you know what, I I think I have to set a boundary here, it doesn't mean God is done with them. Praise God. I've seen it over and over in the church again that people will say, you know what, we're just going to kind of give them to the Lord. We've been trying. We're running in circles. They're not responding to these conversations. They're not responding to to some hard conversations. And even actually through that that boundary, often that opens up the door for for God to work in their heart because all of a sudden they realize, man, something's wrong. Like, I, I, I've got some serious things I need to work through here. So don't think that just because you set a boundary that God is done working in their lives. God is bigger than you and I are. <laughs> Finish with this. Have you ever flown with, uh, flown on an airplane with uh, a kiddo? I mean, like a young kid, not, not a teenager. What is the stewardess, flight attendants, what do they do? They, they come by and they look at you as the parent after they've done the, their whole uh, safety talk, and what do they tell you, the parent? Hey, you, you know, put your mask on first and then put on theirs, right? That's an, that's an important conversation. Because as a parent... I really do think your natural inclination, inclination would be to help your kid, to, to save your kid, right? To give them the mask. But the reason they're telling you that is if you don't have your mask on, then you can't even help your kid, right? 
Like, get yourself in an okay place. It's only gonna take a few seconds. Get your mask on so then you can help your kid and even help others, right? It's not take care of you because you're number one. No, it's just like, get yourself in a, in a good place so you can help others. That's what boundaries are about. This is not God saying, you know what? There's some people, we're just through with them. We're just done with those people. They're a hothead, you write them off. They're gossip, you're done with them. No, this is God saying, hey, to, for you to minister to other people, for you to love and lead your family well, for you to love your spouse well, for you to be a, a witness at school, for you to shine the light of Jesus in your workplace, you've gotta be in a healthy place with the Lord. And if you're always around toxic people, you're gonna become toxic. And if you're toxic, it's gonna be hard for you to minister to other people, right? It's just the Lord saying, not that we're done with these people. It's him saying, hey, set up some boundaries, stay healthy so you can love other people well. If you, if you lead a business, you know that. If you as the leader are in shambles and can't think straight, you gotta you got get your head on straight before you can help your team. With your family, Sometimes parents, don't you, don't you just have the mindset sometimes, if I can just get a nap, it'll all be okay. <laughs> like, if I can just get a little sleep, I'll have my head on straight, and then I can parent well. doesn't mean you're putting yourself first. It means you just, I, I need a quick boundary to make sure I'm in a good spot. So as we respond, I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Uh, I want to give you a couple things to think about as a response to the Lord. I think one... The Lord, who knows what the Lord is doing this morning, doing lots of things. But, but I think one thing he may be doing is helping you see this morning, a lot of you, that you have permission to put up boundaries. I don't think a lot of us, but probably some of you, some of us, have been in perpetual, cyclical, toxic relationships because you feel like you, just, you have to be patient, you have to be loving, and God this morning is giving you permission to put up a boundary. Not to write them out of your life, but to put up a boundary. Man, rest and rejoice in that this morning. <laughs> maybe for others, the Lord has maybe given you a little revelation. I don't mean like a new revelation, but meaning like, Maybe just open your eyes that, oh man, I do have some toxic people in my life. And as he's revealing that to you, maybe you just need to, to pray right now. Ask God for wisdom. What does it look like to have a conversation with that person? What does it look like to set up a healthy, God-honoring, people-loving boundary? Now, I think for others, maybe it's not so much permission or revelation. Maybe it's just Conviction. Maybe, maybe for some of you, it's you love being around, just as an example, that toxic gossip. And the Lord this morning is convicting you, going, hey, like, like, that's not healthy for you. That's not good for them by you encouraging it. So it's time to, to step away and set a boundary. Maybe I actually feel confident there are toxic kinds of people that God has brought to your mind this morning that weren't in those four, and that he's tapping on your heart saying, hey, you know, that's not good for you. It's not healthy. And respond to that conviction. And maybe the, the kind of flip side of that corner of conviction, maybe for some of us this morning, what the Lord is tapping on your heart in conviction is that maybe you are the toxic person. 
You know, the cool thing, because we are finite, God gives, tells us it's okay and good to put up boundaries because we, are, we have limits and struggle. God doesn't have to put up boundaries. God doesn't put up boundaries with you. So if you realize this morning, man, you are that toxic person, maybe there are some people who have, have said, hey, like, I need a little boundary here. Maybe, just maybe that was part of the way God was helping push you to himself who has arms wide open. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I'm gonna ask you, if you know you're in Christ this morning, you know you've been saved by grace through faith, just to turn to Jesus. First Corinthians says that he is our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. So he's the one that saves you and not only just saves you, he changes you. So that mess that you are, that we all are at times, you bring that to Jesus and he'll work in your heart and life. Begin to remove those toxicities from your life. Maybe this morning you just realize you don't know Jesus. You've never been saved by grace through faith. He welcomes you as well. Turn from your sin, turn to him. He can offer you hope and life and purpose and forgiveness and grace because he bled and died for you. So just turn to him. As toxic as you may be, turn to him. And the Bible says he makes you white as snow. I'm gonna pray for us. And I'm gonna give... uh, I know it's 1037. We've got a couple minutes. There's no small groups today. We won't, won't drag this out, though. After I pray, I'm going to give you just a minute to just talk with the Lord. Again, what, maybe it's permission, revelation, conviction, whatever he's doing in your life, to talk with him. And then we're going to sing a song. I'm just saying, God, here, here's my heart. I'm going to give you everything I have. If you need to talk to somebody, we'll be back at the coffee center and the welcome center to, to pray with you, talk with you as we sing in just a moment. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for giving us permission to to set up boundaries, for even giving us the wisdom that sometimes it's appropriate, it's good to set up some boundaries so we can ultimately love other people well. Would you give us wisdom in the conversations we may need to have and, and with who we need to have them? Oh Lord, if it's just you revealing that we are one of those toxic people, would you Help us to see that your arms are wide open. And not only have you not set a boundary, you're pursuing us. Scripture says you're chasing after us to woo us, to win our hearts to you. So God, will we just turn around and realize you're right there with grace and love and forgiveness and the power, the ability to change our hearts, to change our minds, to change our patterns of behavior. God, would you speak to us now as we just take a moment to pray? Would you speak to us as we sing? In the Jesus we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcasts. To learn more about the venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church.